we are municipally owned and we answer to the citizens of our community and feel compelled to a higher standard than we would be otherwise. Hi there, this is the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. Lisa Gonzalez here. Rob Houlihan, Network Services Manager, and Kent Halder, Communication Sales Manager of Cedar Falls Utilities, joined Christopher this week. CFU is located in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and announced earlier this spring that it would begin offering gigabit service to all its customers. We've also reported on several occasions when CFU increased speeds for customers at no extra charge. CFU began serving the community in the late 1800s as a water utility. Since then, it's expanded to include gas, electricity, and most recently, communications. CFU is one of the first municipal utilities to bring communications to its customers, and we've watched it upgrade from a hybrid fiber coax system to a fiber-to-the-premises system. What's the secret behind CFU's success? The answer is multifaceted, of course, but the core motivation remains the same. Their mission is to benefit the community in the best possible way. Here are Chris, Rob, and Kent. Welcome to another Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Christopher Mitchell, and today we're talking with two folks from Cedar Falls, Iowa. We've got Rob Houlihan, the Network Services Manager at Cedar Falls Utilities. Good afternoon. And we also have Kent Holder, the Communications Sales Manager with uh, CFU. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. Glad to be here. So, Kent, you and I were just together in Chicago. We had a fun time on a little panel talking about economic development, and it seemed like a good time to get you on the show. Can I start by asking you to tell us a little bit about Cedar Falls? Yeah, Cedar Falls is a community nearly 40,000 people. It's located in the northeast quadrant of Iowa. It's a, We're a college community and the home of the University of Northern Iowa, which has about 13,000 students, so... That creates quite a lot of churn during the move-in, move-out times around the community. Uh, Cedar Falls, we got a, a fantastic uh, downtown recognized naturally as a Great American Main Street. Uh, Cedar Falls is also part of a larger metropolitan area, which includes Waterloo and area towns. And collectively, there's about 160,000 people in the area. What that really helps us is it provides great access and close range to a very large workforce that's really helped grow the businesses, especially out in our uh, Cedar Falls Industrial Park. Yeah, our industrial park back in 1990 had 27 businesses and 800 employees. In 2013, it has grown to 170 business and 6,700 employees. And we believe having reliable, high-capacity broadband has certainly been a key attribute to its growth. What else does your utility uh, provide? I'm sure any sort of, and that sort of growth is always good for a, a municipal utility. Yeah, Cedar Falls Utilities consists of four utilities. Communications with cable TV and Internet, gas, electric, and water. So we're somewhat unique in providing all four services to our citizens. However, at the same time, that uniqueness brings a lot of benefit where as people that uh, come in and need to get signed up for electric and gas services also provides us a great opportunity to tell them about our communication services. And 
Now, Cedar Falls wasn't always in the cable business, but quite honestly, it kind of seems that way because you've been in it for a long time. You were one of the one of the earlier networks, and uh, you've actually we'll we'll get into this in a little bit, but you've already transitioned past the original cable infrastructure. Uh, can you tell us why you got into it originally? Yeah, originally there was just discontent with uh, the current provider of the cable TV services. We had great success providing gas, water, and electric uh, services. So the community, given that and and their disappointment with the current uh, incumbent, thought this would be another opportunity where we could provide and serve our local community uh, better. And so in 94, 1994, a referendum was passed with uh, about 74% of the vote and therefore in 95 the system was built. Uh, Cable TV was introduced in 96 and then in 97 we introduced broadband services and had by the end of the year about 1,300 customers. You've come a long way. I want to bring Rob back into this a little bit. Um, Rob, one of the things that that I know is really important for a system like yours is reliability. Uh, We often get focused on the gigabit and uh, that's all the rage right now and I know that you're actually the first community in Iowa to get a gigabit, but I'd like you to tell us a little bit about why uh, reliability is important. That's right. We we found over the years, uh, as as our reliance on the internet uh, has grown, um, especially from our business community, uh, we heard more and more that reliability was was a key factor, uh, which is is great for us uh, delivering electric service. Uh, we we sure speak the reliability language. Um, so when we rebuilt the fiber to the home, uh, our HFC system to fiber to the home. Uh, we're a, we're a GPON system today. Um, we designed the system to be more redundant, more reliable. Uh, we had originally just one head end, and with the new system, we use distributed hub sites, and each hub site serves two to three thousand customers. Um, but each hub site is fully redundant um, through to our core switches, and then uh, out to the internet from there. So. We can have a failure of of any uh, core switch, any edge router, any one upstream provider, and still deliver full internet service to all of our customers. When I was speaking with uh, some of the folks from Wilson, North Carolina, uh, one of the things that they told me they were really proud of with their municipal fiber to the home network is that you know one of their major employers on the network has gone six years without an outage. Um, it's pretty incredible, I know, but uh, do you have any comparable statistics? One thing I can point out is on our HFC system, um, uh, in the electric world to be called uh, ASI, um, our availability was roughly three nines, and um, we're pushing, now on the new system, we're pushing a strong four nines, almost into five nines of reliability across the whole system. Well, and of course, the five nines gives you mere hours of of breakdown or of non-access per year, so that's really an incredible incredible metric. Yep. So, Ken, one of the things that that I often think of when I think of Cedar Falls is not only how long you've been offering service, but the incredible penetration you have in the community. Um, just everything that I can tell is that you are really um, in most of the households, it sounds like. So um, can you tell us a little bit about how many people take your service and, and what you attribute your success to? 
Yeah, today in both the residential and the business sector, we're probably in 90% of the, the houses. One of the key attributes to that as to why even on day-to-day conversations and from these surveys, we're always trying to be attentive to exactly what are the needs of the customers. We try to provide these needed services and, and products and provide bring value to the customer. And we've been successful at providing it at even a lower rate than the competition. We also strive to provide great customer service. We want to get provide easy access to our staff so customer questions are answered quickly and competently. It may be getting a service technician on site when warranted. Uh, typically, we're able to do that the same day. So I think that's a key attribute to getting a customer back up and running quickly. And, you know, I think the other big aspect of that is what Rob talked about is reliability. You know, this day and age when you need a service, um, it's almost the expectation it's going to be on when you want to use it. And, you know, one of the the funny things I've heard uh, in terms of talking about this issue of customer service and reliability is that in networks where reliability starts really going through the roof, there's a fear that people won't recognize how incredibly good your service is because they won't ever need to report a problem to you. Um, it's a it's a good problem to have, I think. The customer service is such a huge focus for us, and a lot a lot of it is because we are municipally owned and we answer to the citizens of our community and feel compelled to uh, a higher standard than we would be otherwise. When I found out that you were migrating from your HFC cable plant into uh, fiber to the home, and uh, and I was trying to get a sense of why, you know, why go to um, the fiber to the home rather than just a faster cable on the Doxis 3, um, which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, Rob. But I also wanted to get another question in there as well, which is, you know, Kent had suggested um, in our conference in Chicago that you considered another question as well, which was, should we just sell the network? Do we still need to be in this business? Uh, and so I'm curious, um, in particular, there's a over 70 communities that have cable networks. Um, can you walk us through the decisions that you had to make uh, in your migration from HFC to uh, uh, the fiber to the home? Yeah, we, we looked at uh, all of our options. Uh, obviously, selling the network was, was one of those options. If, if you're going to make such a large investment, um, you, you need to really step back and, and look and see, is, is this uh, really the best thing for the, uh, the business or best thing for the community? And, and obviously, we decided that it was. Um, but we looked at driving fiber deeper into the network, um, going with DOCSIS 3, which at the time was, was just becoming uh, a standard. And uh, when we looked at the cost of uh, DOCSIS 3, um, GPON was, was, was more expensive, but we felt we would end up going that route anyway. So why not just make that leap now instead of uh, making a partial step now and then a full step later and actually end up spending more money uh, down the road. Um, One of the uh, other thoughts we had on our HSC system, since it was so old, um, we knew that we um, would have to do a lot of uh, replacement in the field of equipment. And um, so that uh, drove up the cost as well in order to get the reliability that we were after. This is one of those networks that's been around so long, I feel like we can really get a better sense 
of how a community-owned network is different from a corporate-owned network, especially one that's owned, you know, from a company that's headquartered many states away. Um, Kent, why don't you tell me uh, one of the things or two that you think sets your network apart from from those that you might find in another city where it's owned by a big corporation? We do a report card every year comparing our rates to 20 peer communities in Iowa and take the average size home for and determine their use for gas, water, electric, and then we also factor in communications and, and what they would pay for a basic plus a family tier of cable TV along with a, a home internet product. Out of those 20 communities, we're very fortunate. We rank number one as far as providing the lowest yearly charges for those. And we're able to save, compared to those 20, about $437 per year to each one of our residential customers. On the communication side alone, we're saving our customers about $200 per year. So pretty significant there. Uh, About $7.1 million in all that's left uh, put back into the pockets of of our customer owners. As far as community benefit also, we've had a very good working re- relationship with some of the um, the local schools, the Cedar Falls Community School District. Since the early days when the fiber system was built, we were able to provide fiber and transport services to their 12 buildings. That's a significant value, and it's pretty unique where the technology coordinator in Cedar Falls is quite, quite envied by many uh, districts throughout Iowa in that he is able to receive those services at no charge and able to, whatever he would have been paying, they can use it, repurpose that money for other things. Uh, We also got another success story with the University of Northern Iowa. A couple years ago, we entered into an agreement with them for uh, bandwidth services. And we were able to double their bandwidth capacity purchases for the same annual expenditure and Rob, you've been there for uh, for six years, you said. So uh, what are some of your stories uh, in terms of how you've seen this communications really benefit the community? Certainly the fiber to the prem, the, the GPON system, is, is an innovative product. The reason that's important is because we've got a number of businesses that compete on a national and, and global level for uh, business or contracts. And, um, you know, they, they get the question, Cedar Falls, Iowa, <laughs> and, and and the answer is yes. I mean, we we uh, we deliver um, high quality, reliable services. These customers of ours are extremely innovative, and so they push us to uh, to stay half a step ahead. And they can walk into a client's on uh, in in Madison Madison Avenue in in New York City and and uh, compete uh, for for that business. I seem to recall a uh, one of the local employers there had considered um, moving to Chicago um, a while back and decided not to because they were able to get all the connectivity that they needed from you. Yeah, this business are actually a full service advertising agency and they do state of the art TV production studios, so they're able to uh, broadcast live uh, a weekly television show from right here in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and there was concern at that time, would they be able to do it? And after discussions, without hesitation, they built a state-of-the-art studio, and, and uh, the bandwidth has been 
greatly received and, and highly reliable, and they're able to continue and maintain operations out here. And I think that's, if I'm correct, that's Mud TV, right? We we correct. did a... advertising. Yep. Yep. And so I have one last question that sort of has popped into my head, and I haven't really prepared you for, but I'm I'm curious because I know that you're expanding into rural areas um, near you uh, that are part of your electric territory that are outside of Cedar Falls town limits. Uh, you're doing both fiber to the home and a wireless. And I'm curious, um, you know, what is your limitation in terms of being able to expand your network even further out into rural areas that would want it? Yeah, right now, as you mentioned, it's a hybrid mix uh, between, we got about 90 square miles of rural electric. And so we pass about 450 customers with fiber and our take rate, as you could imagine, has been very, very high, especially with the Internet. And we also have wireless to try to serve more remote uh, rural folks. But it's really at this point been restricted. They have, they have to be a rural electric customer. And we've been looking, uh, trying to see if there's an opportunity to expand that footprint. Um, municipality law has some some limitations, I guess, as far as how far we may be able to go. So there's a legal issue. And then I'm also just curious, do you foresee in 10, 20, maybe 30 years um, fiber to everyone in your electric footprint, even those hardest to reach areas that you're going after with wireless now? What really aided us to go out there in the first place was we received the recipient of a stimulus grant. So that provided much needed assistance. To take fiber deeper, it would probably require some other grant in the future, unless the costs come down significantly. But uh, you know, as we know, that's not likely to happen because a lot of times the cost is in the the labor, et cetera, when you're you're building the system. Right. So I guess the the question, the final question related to that is: is that a one-time cost? Or is that something you would need ongoing assistance uh, in order to um, be able to continue serving if you were able to get a capital grant to be able to go further? Capital grant would certainly help. At the same time, I could see us continue to try to bite off a little bit at a time, one bite at a time, and hopefully you can expand. I really appreciate that because... I believe that you know there will come a time when most people in the United States have access to fiber, and there's some who say, well, it'll we'll never get it out to some of these rural areas, and um, and it, you know from what I hear time and time again, it's an issue of it's a one-time cost often, and then there's also just this matter of over time we can slowly whittle away at the problem. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I agree with that completely. I think uh, it, it is a one-time problem once the fiber's in the ground that. It's it's arguably an, an infinite resource, um, but it, it once it's there, it's there, and and operating the network is um, at that point, it's just part of operations. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. All right. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. That was Rob Houlihan and Kent Halder talking with Christopher. If you visit CFU.net, you can learn all about Cedar Falls Utilities and the services they offer. MuniNetworks.org also carries quite a few articles and videos on CFU. We've reported on the network since 2004, and we look forward to sharing more stories about CFU as the network continues to serve its community. We encourage you to contact us with questions or ideas for future podcasts. 
Feel free to email us at podcast at muninetworks.org. If you want to follow us on Twitter, our handle is at Community Nets. This show was released on November 26, 2013. Thank you to the group Mudhoney for their song, The Neutral, licensed using Creative Commons. Have a great day, and thanks for listening. What about the neutral, which is